It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. But this little dink ball, the only one in a crowded area where it's a fist pass, the weight is taken over, hits the ground and it bounces into a fella's chest. Why do you not do many interviews? Oh, really? Yeah, I might have been asked to do a whole pile. Really? Yeah. Have you ever rang me? And they're roaring at me, I coffee, you free state bastard. <laughs> and next thing I hear, you have no fucking jurisdiction up here. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so two huge games on this weekend, lads. We know the Ulster final and the Leinster final. A little bit of news to get through first. I'm going to start with you, Brendan. This is the Ulster final and the capacity is 18,000. And I remember talking on Monday's show about, Jesus, imagine Mayo and Galway not selling out in Crow Park. This is crazy stuff. Mayo have fanatical fans. And then I was reading the Irish News and the Ulster GAPRO, Declan Woods, was quoted as saying... The capacity is 18,000, but the caveat is that it is dependent on all tickets being sold in blocks of five and then people can be seated in various groups of five around the ground. We all know that won't happen. Some people will buy in twos and threes. So we're ultimately we'll have around 14, 14 and a half thousand people, give or take. I couldn't get my head around this. I nearly fell off the chair. So, like, I mean, this is the most brain dead shite I've ever come across. So you're talking about 18,000 spread around Crow Park. You barely even see it. Are you not telling me this is 50,000 that it'd be a tougher job? 18,000 is lost in Crow Park and they're making sure that it has to be pods of five. So for example, if you and the missus bought two tickets and nobody else that you know is coming in on, 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 on buying any tickets, the three tickets that are in your pod is completely wasted. I have never heard the like. Now, I'm not blaming the GEA on this. I believe this has been forced on them. But have you ever heard the likes of this? I don't understand why they can't just space out what's there. Yeah. Even in, listen, I can see Crow Park's point of view in this in terms of they don't want to open up all the stands because they're going to have to have people everywhere uh, all the way up. They're going to have Osher stewards and all that. So they want just the people to be in a couple of the stands, which cuts down the amount of people there. But surely even in them stands, as long as people are a couple of seats from each other, you know, we're then reason to, to, to be outside and enjoy the game. So in terms yeah. of 
people missing out on that. As you said, if those blocks, pods all sell out, and then you have real fans that want to go, even though there's seats there for them, they know you can't go. So, yeah, it's a bit, bit sad, bit of a disaster. Well, so that's all we seem to be getting in this country is everything that's not making a lot of sense. Yeah, no, it is. You could talk all, all day about this kind of stuff, but we won't. We'll move off it. I just, I couldn't believe it. You think 18,000 and you're complaining that that's not enough. And then you realise that the 18,000 is only a notional number. It's not even what the capacity is going to be like. You know, it's just, uh, it's hard and to get your head around here. Now it is, and... All an effort had to do maybe was look across the water and see what they've done in the UK. I know they've uh, they're a bit more liberal and free in how they opened up, but they still have people back in the stadiums for uh, sixty thousand for the final in Wembley. Yeah, mm-hmm. so so how did they structure that? But the only thing I can think of is that because of the pods of five, Nefford might be thinking, well, then if me and you order two tickets and then we knock up to Brendan up the road, and he brings himself and two others with him. At least if there is a COVID passed on to each other, it's still contained in the local community. I don't know. In the five, yeah. In the well, five, but it's still a waste, isn't it? It's stupid. Yeah, no, it is. It yeah. doesn't... Sure, I, was, I was at Wembley. I was at the semi-final yeah. in, in uh, Denmark. So the difference is over there. You see, when you go into their testing centre, they have that test back to you in 45 minutes. You have to show the test before you get into Wembley. So the difference is they have this rapid testing uh, yeah, the situation yeah. where... It just goes on your phone and 45 minutes later, you've got the, 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 the result rather than, you know, right here, it's it's a day to two days. Yeah. So that's why how they really speed up everything and, and get everybody in the way. And they listen, even at that, it's not perfect, but they did attempt to, to do their best around uh, uh, keeping any COVID. Uh, they didn't keep all the uh, numpty Indian fans out, that's the only thing. <laughs> They're the antigen tests, obviously. We're not allowed to use them in this country. I know. So, like, I mean, I suppose that's... Listen, I need to stop talking about this. I've given up being one of those, being a... <laughs> Being a COVID correspondent, so I'm I'm happily out of not following any of that stuff. Shane Walsh incident, lads. We didn't cover this on Monday. Um, so Porridge, I said after the game, he got bumped to the ground, thrown on the ground, and nothing happened. That seven or eight officials there um, are are at the match. Um, I've seen what happened. I've, I, um, I'd seen what happened, but obviously they didn't see it. It's frustrating when that happens and they get away with it. Now I've seen this incident as well, Jer. Yeah. Um, like. I'll take, get your take on it first. Yeah, I, I, I thought Shane Walsh was, was doing what he should have done, pulling back Lee Keegan then. I thought it was a yeah. horror initially. But, I thought uh, it was Lee Keegan. Yeah, um, so he pulled him back and Keegan just pulled him back. And there's, there's no way uh, Keegan went to hurt him the way he hurt him. Just the way he fell, it was unlucky. But you can have no complaints really. I think it's part and parcel of it. And I'm sure Shane Walsh has, has uh, no complaints either about it. It was just very unlucky. He was uh, pulling the man back on to support the play and the man said, here... You won't yeah, be doing that won't again. won't be doing that again. Yeah. So, feck off and uh, stand on his ground. And that's part and parcel of it. It was just unlucky that uh, the way he hit the ground, he obviously caught a, a weak spot on the shoulder and um, required a bit of an injection. But... Did it take him out of the game? Definitely, because he was having a big impact in the first half. Yeah, much, yeah. no, it, def- it definitely did. No intent did it. And Parik Ohora was going down a ball in the second half and Damien Comer came over and kind of hit him as he was going down. Yeah. And he did a, he did a, uh, got an injury. These things happen, Brendan. Like, I mean, there's no doubt Keegan was saying, you won't be doing that to me again. He was throwing him to the ground. No one will say he wasn't. But to say that he was dumped or spear tacked, you know, or I don't know. Mm. I, you, I think there's just that way you fall sometimes, the weight of 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 yourself and the, the man that you're on can just catch and can pop a shoulder, pull a ligament and that and you're right. There's there's ways of looking well it happened that fast and you know, I know there's eight officials there, but I think anybody watching it there just it looked like it was a bit of grappling. Yeah. I agree with Jared, I just think it was it was more accidental. 
Yeah. The, the trick was to make sure if you're the aggressor, make sure you fall on the ground too. And he didn't do that. He kept running, which would <laughs> make you look... Yeah. yeah, technically Keegan wasn't that smart. Yeah, you, yeah. you need to go down the two of you yeah, yeah. and stay down. Yeah, like but in the soccer. He stayed running. Yeah. Like it, if, if an official looked at that, he could have thought this led after giving him a dig. Yeah, yeah. Which made it even look worse. Anyway, the CCCC is not taking any action about it. So that's mm. it, over and done with. But I thought we should have covered it on the show. Mikey Sheedy has been talking about David Clifford. He's not the only one. I've read this one or two places. And um, Brendan, I'll throw this one to you. It's about, um, he's saying, you'd nearly be saying now, God help the cornerback who's going to be marking David Clifford in the All-Ireland semi-final. And I was like, you know, that's wishful thinking, obviously, from a, a Kerry point of view. I can see where he's coming from. David Clifford could come out now and be really angry and, you know, go to town on a corner back. Like, but then again, if you look at it logically, Brendan, it's not a good place David Clifford's going into an All-Ireland semi-final. He's coming in off, off far, you know, a blank uh, score from play, which is very unlike him. And I wouldn't be putting that positive spin on it. I'd be like, Jesus, I hope he gets back and gets a few scores, you know, and that doesn't affect him. Yeah, I, I think technically Clifford could play purely in the semi and still be man the match in the final. I think we're dealing with a completely different animal here, Willie, around Clifford and his ability. You know, the form's temporary. The class of the man is just on another level. I mean, you'd have to hand it to court defence as well, me and, you know, how he was shackled. Um, can't, can't, does that, how much does that have to do with court defence? How much does that have to do with Clifford maybe not just being on it? Listen, Crow Park's the stage for that man. I don't think anybody seems to come out angry anymore. Well, we talked to this before about the composure of all the top forwards. Now it's frightening, you know. They, you know, years ago, it's say you kicked away, they missed a free. You know, you could, you were going to get abuse, you're going to get stick. You could look at the players' body reaction. Usually, players kicking wide, and then they run out the same way as if they've just scored. Yeah, like they've just completely turned it on his head. So I don't think Clifford be bothered one bit about that. I mean, in many ways, the fact that Kerry had what four twenty two. Without him being on it, it's a bit scary for, for the other teams in there. So there's probably a lot of plus points in that. You know, there's not only certain players, I think, around the, around the country now. I mean, we're talking about the death of cornerbacks. You know, you know, obviously, if it, you know, there's a couple in Ulster are able to do a job on people, and there's not that many around the country who are man-to-man now that kind of sacrifice their game. What they're relying on is, is everyone dropping in around the house and that. So... For Clifford, well, even if I think he was quite in, in a, a, a semi, I, I think he still could be man of the match in the final. I just don't think on his day, I, I don't think he can be stopped if he's in the groove. No, no, there's definitely not. And I don't think he, Clifford will be anyway worried. I'm talking, I think that putting a positive spin on a bad game, I'd rather go into a, or a semi-final having scored 1-5 than having scored nothing. Well, look, sure. they, did they win by 22 points? Yeah. Um, so it's probably unusual for someone of Clifford's ability and what we've become accustomed to, um, his his uh, average score uh, per match, whether it's league or championship. But the fact that they won by what they won and Brendan touched on it, you're bringing other guys into the game. Uh, if anything, it, it probably creates more headaches for uh, uh, opposition teams in actually setting up against them. Clifford probably has a lot of pressure on him, how he deals with it. He seems to manage it quite well. Is he going to be brilliant every game? He's not, but when the pressure comes on, in fairness to him, he, he's, he's shown up the whole time. Yeah. Um, Could defenders be looking at it and go, like, if you're a Tyrone or Monaghan defender ahead of, and be, just watch how Sean Meehan marked him? Now, he still yeah. could have hit 1 2 off Sean Meehan, even though yeah. doing well because he, he missed chances. But would you be looking at that going, you know, he's not invincible if you try and wrap him up like Sean did? Yeah, but like, like with Clifford, like, if I was a defender or a coach and you're, and you're asking the guy to do a job on him, like, you're, you're looking to probably double up on Clifford as best as you can with someone dropping in front. And if you can win 50-50 against them, 
that's 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 a good outcome. If you can stop him maybe scoring or creating goals, that's a good outcome. But you probably just have to accept this fella's going to kick uh, three to four points a game. Um, yes, the better defenders will look at what Mehan did um, to, 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 to try to get in on him. But then Clifford, in his own head, was he a sharp in terms of his shooting? He wasn't. Team still won. He'd be happy with it. Um, listen to Joe Canning actually during the week when they were talking about him getting the record and Joe Canning says you know, I wasn't bothered with it once 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 the team wins, you know, I'll I'll always pass the ball off nine times out of ten. Clifford for me is one of those fellas, albeit a footballer, that it doesn't matter who who um who gets the scores, but I think on the outside looking in, we're just so used to him creating havoc and and, and scoring that will when, when he's in the humour, you know. Yeah, no, there's doubt that I think that whoever's marking him, I would be worried about him ir- irrespective of how his last game went anyways. He's just going to be he's yeah. going to be under pressure anyway. So there was two brilliant uh, Ulster well, one brilliant Ulster semi final, Brendan and one quite good um, Ulster final, considering the conditions and everything. An exciting game on Tyrone pulled away uh, towards the end. Jim McGuinness isn't happy about this at all. He's really pissed off. This is, uh, this is really Same annoying shit. him that there's been some good games. This was in the Irish Times. So here's the opening paragraph. The heart has gone out of Gaelic football. This is now, you have to remember, he's, this is, he's basing this off two games mm. that were enjoyable, good scoring yeah. games, you know. So he, he wasn't happy about this. The heart has gone out of Gaelic football. Much of last week's games in Ulster were, were lauded. I feel there's a real danger of what makes the game special and unique um, is about to be lost. There's a conspicuous lack of physicality, a pronounced absence of aggression, a dearth of turnovers. The game has become sanitised and, in my opinion, soft. What do you think of that, Brendan? A lot of big words and in there, listen, Jim. Well, he, again, I suppose his point is he's analysing games to try and come up with some angle on it. Now we're analysing him to come up with some angle <laughs> on him as well. It's it's a merry-go-round, isn't it? I, I think, well, if you're if you're trying to pull it up, you see this this all comes in cycles. I mean, five six years ago, we were just on about the absolute uh, horror of, of blanket defence. And, you know, low-scoring games. The low-scoring games thing is, is corrected, but the tactics are still in the background and they're churning and churning. They're going to keep changing. But at the minute, what he's talking about is pe- people aren't going to engage because it's all about playing the percentages. So everyone's dropping back in, trying not to concede frees. That's why there's so much scores from play. The tackling has dropped off. No one is actually going man-to-man. Just what you spoke about earlier, about, about Clifford. There's so many players around. Clifford doesn't score. Kerry still scores. Like four twenty two, whatever they have, like that's that's where the modern game is now. Everybody scored. You were years ago. Well, there was only a few players. A free ticker would have had whatever. Someone might have chipped in with a score here and there. You didn't have a like nine, ten, eleven players involved in the scoring. So that means that there's a there, there's this consistent game that's going all over the pitch, which means that people aren't engaging because number one, I think with the coaching, right, people are so good on the ball. Years ago, you know, you got a guy tight, get him boxed in, one on one, he's in trouble now. No one's getting the ball off him. That's why you don't see the turnovers because at training, everyone's practicing, keep the ball, keep the ball, keep the ball. So that, that's the thing. Plus, you don't want to give up fouls. So that's why the, the aggression, I don't think, is there to tackle. And you see once possession's turned over, sometimes you look, oh, here we go. It's going to take about a couple of minutes now for an engagement, a proper engagement, either a, a shot or a through ball. I guess that's the kind of sanitized thing he's talking about, Willie. But it would never scare me that because we've seen so many changes now. Um, over time, I mean, I was just thinking back to even 
you're, you're talking about with Tyrone Monaghan, you know, that's the last time they met was 11 years ago when they lost their final. I'm just thinking of the changes like that. That that year was the year that uh, Dublin last lost a, a Leinster match, remember, to, to Meath. Now, you look at really, the changes that's happened in football in that time. So who knows what the next 11 has in store? But I wouldn't be that worried about it, but I can't see his points. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's. Is it gone soft? He says in reality, the team of it is that their defenses aren't putting enough pressure on. And I suppose the whole thing is when he was play, when he was managing, you're talking about having your six defenders, and you're talking about having maybe four zonals yeah. across the field. So if the ball goes over there, the defender will mark him, and one of the zonals double up, and bang, 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 turnover, break down the field. Now there's no zonal lads anymore because teams attack and attack with everyone. So number one, there's no such thing as doubling up. It's very, it's so much harder. Number two, the players are so good on the ball; they're not giving it to you. They're not the minute they feel a hand on them, they're shipping it off immediately. And number three, the two games he's talking about last weekend were played in twenty-five degree heat. Yeah, like it's a total bullshit argument based off that weekend, it, and and it shows a bit of a lack of understanding of how the game has evolved since when he was managing. Would he, that be fair? You no, know, I think that's very fair. And he does mention, I think, towards the end, the end of the article about. Um, it's a bit of this a disclaimer, and Brendan touched on it as well, and yourself, Woody, that the quality, the technical ability of players now is far greater yeah. all over the field than it was in uh, 2012 when, when, when Donegal did win their All-Ireland and 2011 All-Ireland semi-final when they put that blanket defence up against us. Um, you know, the, the game has just evolved so much over the last uh, 10 years that when you do look at the score sheet, you, 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 you don't have two or three fellas scoring now. You have anywhere from five to seven fellas scoring. You have your corner back coming up, you have your wing back coming up and the scores are coming from all over the field. And when teams are running a strength in numbers um, um, and, and the athleticism of guys as well, it can be quite difficult to defend. What I would say is if I was analysing those two games last weekend that, that Jim has based his article on, I would say defensively um, all four teams were quite poor and porous at times defensively. Uh, Throne for me were probably the best of the, uh, the four teams defensively that when you have all these numbers back there and I've mentioned it before if you're given a man-marking job or you're, you're, you're told to keep a particular eye on, 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 on player X that oh here's comes Brendan back here comes Woolly back I'm grand here now because the next few bodies there and you kind of switch what off what are their men doing though you see what their are their men, men doing their men yeah. come up and join that attack yeah, so well, you can't fully commit to a double up because you you know you're leaving somebody well, free well well, well. if you look at uh, I think the fourth goal Monaghan got uh, Darren Hughes when he came through the middle um, ah yeah no that was bad defending yeah that was bad defending but, but Tyrone were set up as they were probably taught on the tactics board and practice during the week and the three fellas I'm not sure who they were uh, standing across the middle and then Hughes made a well hard run past it and went after it but he went through uh, equidistant between two two fellas and no one knew who was going to get him and then the number six he didn't know whether to go with him or stay in his man and obviously it was a, it was, it was a great finish so the challenge is when you have so many guys back there who's marking who what McGuinness had when he was manager when they won I think everyone there's an awful lot of clarity around who was doing what. Yeah, but you're and looking at twelve versus seven. Yeah, kind yeah. of because the other team wasn't sending everybody up, and when yeah. they did at the start, he was hitting them on the counter yeah. because people didn't have a clue how to work through these mass defenses. Now it's become so sophisticated in the in the attack; it's much much harder. You see, that's a, yeah. that's my point. In a way, like uh, Brendan, like I mean, I'd love to see him back managing to see what he do with a team, you know, because he's a very very defense minded manager. 
okay, you'll say you'll flip that like Mickey Hart does and say, oh, look at the scores we run up. Mm. But it's based on a very defensive structure and hoping for a counter-attack. Yeah. Counter-attack's pretty much gone now. So, like, I mean, when you look at it, um, if he watched a game that was 11-all, Brendan, he'd write an article praising the defence, right? Mm. But now he watches a high-scoring game High quality, and he d- he doesn't he doesn't praise the attacking. He criticizes defense. He only watches. He only seems to watch defense and care about defense. He, and I'm not criticizing that. That's why his passion seems to be is defenses and mean defenses and get numbers back and you know be stick your chest out and get hands on and be intense. Like I don't know to, for that take to come out of especially the Monaghan Ironman match, which just blew me away for such a long time since we'd seen such a kind of shootout. Can we not just appreciate that as a good shootout? You know. Without then again, I suppose you have to give McGuinness credit when we have the eleven all games. I give out about no attacks. So, like I mean, he's just on the maybe he's just on the complete opposite scale when it comes to Gaelic football than me. What what will keep us happy? Uh, will I, I'm certainly happy. You think about other sports. I suppose like like thinking uh, basketball. You know, it's just up one end, score back to another end, score, score. Are we just going to love the scores that's in it? Yeah, but we're not at I'm that. Though. Though. Wait, you know, the... Brendan, you need to see more evidence of that than just two games. Like this is I, a national well, newspaper. What I'm, I'm waiting, what I'm waiting to see. You're right. McGinnis is basing it in his time from what he knew there. And you're right. The whole the whole basis of the thing is completely different now. Completely. That's what I'm saying. Are we going to get a stage now where someone really goes back to the drawing board in terms of? rugged man-to-man defending and actually produces maybe three or four in their back six that really gets about the opposition team. Now, I know they're going up and down the pitch, but players are going to really focus on and hammer the star players in the other team. I mean, I'm waiting to see this this happening because at the minute, it's taking its waves. But I mean, I'm happy enough with the shootout to hit the higher scoring in that. And as you said, players are too cute now on the ball and the opposition only will get one or two opportunities to try and pinch that ball. What they're buying by in Midland is, is a poor pass or a shot from a poor area. And that's what it's all come down to. And this is coached relentlessly, relentlessly. So it's led to that bit of standoffishness. But you're right then that the star player, they can drop the shoulder and cut inside. The gaps are there, even with 13, 14, 15. There's still enough gaps. And then, as I say, the forward player, player is there. But well, it's changing. It'll change again. Yeah, the, I think the, it'll... Go on. Well, no, the, 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 there's probably three somewhat exceptions uh, and for me, Dublin, Mayo, and and and, and Kerry, um, but certainly Dublin and and Mayo, that they are happy to put up a bit of a press and they will track their men back, which will lead quite often to having probably fifteen fellas behind the ball, but they're not necessarily turning around and um, and sprinting back. They are trying to get a higher press up there, but yeah. uh, but uh, the games have and flow, but. Uh, Game's changing. It's moving back towards. I think Brendan, like yeah. Brendan, it's going to move back towards a kicking game and yeah. go back towards get it down there to forwards yeah. and let defenders worry about it because what's the point in having thirteen back? They're going to score anyway. It's too yeah. hard. Yeah. So what are we doing? We're only shooting ourselves in the foot, scoring up the other end. So what's the? It's, they'll have to look at themselves in the mirror and go. Ten years ago, that made sense. We were getting the turnovers. Teams were tactically stupid. That's not the case now. So us dropping back players is only inviting more of their defenders on. We're still going to be matched off one-on-one inside one half of the field. They're still going to score. And when we get the ball back, we've no feckin' forwards to the other end. And we don't have a good... We don't have any attacking game plan. And that's what they're going... They, they will figure this out in the next year or two. Well, see, it is a balance. And the better teams are able to set up based on the opposition they're playing. Like, you know, and, and that... Uh, like... For example, I know we're going to come on to the games in a few minutes. Like if 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 Galair decide to sit back, um, just contain them for the first half. Forget about it. Forget about it. But you're looking at different options and how to try and set up. And again, the blueprint 
for beating Dublin for me is there uh, Mayo have done it they've just been cut short a couple of times and Kerry then as well you got to push up nearly go man to man and and kind of play it that way I thought what we seen up in Ulster at the weekend was it was a bit like basketball with, with, with guys retreating back behind the 45 65 and then as you said r- rightly teams are happy to commit more players going forward uh, to try to break down that mass defence uh, in comparison to 10 years ago I remember 2010 uh, at half time Pat Gilroy Saints was 2011 yeah 2011 uh, four of us stay back just stay back even though it was only McFadden was up there four of you stay back just in case to get us on the counter Yeah, and very uh, smart management then because that was the start that was the first extreme version of it and a lot yeah. of teams then the following year got all sucked in and got hit on the counter and they won in All-Ireland very yeah. very clever on Gilroy I thought that year yeah. anyways lads we can't keep talking we have two huge matches uh, yeah. to preview so we'll do that next Okay, well, so we'll start with the Ulster final because let's be honest, it's going to be much harder to call this one. A um, little bit of nostalgia here, Brendan, to start off with. These games are not without their controversy. So 2013, Tyrone have a much better record um, than Monaghan in Croke Park. In Ulster, Monaghan have been all right against them, but 2013, 15 and 18. 13, 15 in quarterfinals, 18 in the semifinal. Tyrone have won all of them. And Monaghan maybe have a little psychological issue um, getting over Tyrone in Croke Park. But 2013 was the Sean Kavanagh uh, rugby tackle on Conor McManus. 2015 was the Darren Hughes ruffling Tiernan McCann's hair and he dropped down like he had been shot from the, 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 the stands. And there was three lads sent off uh, that day. And the two the 2018 semi-final had that big drama at the end where Rory Began comes running out of the goals and tries to get involved. And, you know, like, I mean, I think these this we have a fantastic kind of high-intensity, heavy-running game in store. Yeah, yeah. I, listen, Wyatt... There's two ways of looking at it. Hopefully, we're hoping it'll be a classic, as we're saying, or McGuinness will be writing some article, giving off about the death of the football or whatever. But, um, yeah, I'm also a wee bit weary of just the league game that they played, you know. Um, like, we're looking at Monaghan and their, their ability, their goals ability to own, their ability all over the pitch and the squad that they have. And that, that league game did end up 14 each and wasn't the best of spectacles and was very cagey. And you're right, the backstory of, of those Monaghan defeats, McAnini came out after it, after his, his first tenure there and said, you know, there was a real psychological block with Tyrone. And uh, obviously they did one after it, you know, with with, uh, with the road there, but they, they you know, they, they, the actual monkey got off their back since then, but I'm just wondering if we making any back in there. Is he thinking, oh no, I, I presume he would have preferred, much preferred to play Mon, Mon, uh, Donegal in this, also friend, rather, rather than uh, rather than face Tyrone, but two great stories. I mean, Monaghan, as we said for years there, well, it's 2015 since they were in the final and they won it. And like as I say, losing the down and and Fermanagh and Cavan twice in the intervening years, you were just wondering where are they at? They just about clung on to Division One. We kept thinking there was going to be a drop. You remember years previous to McInerney, they would break down Division Three at one stage. But since they've come up, you know they've been they've been a real football and powerhouse. Although the last few years in Ulster, it hasn't happened for them. And, you know, just looking at their squad the last day, they started with like Kieran Hughes, Colin Walsh, Shane Kerry, Fenton Kelly, Drew Wiley. Like all these guys are named, uh, you know, on the bench, and they would have been the turnover now just seems to have happened. All of a sudden, they've got this this squad. I don't think they have the capabilities of throwing off the bench in terms of firepower, but I think they have a lot of strength and depth now, and they have a, a sprinkling of young lads coming in. They're all about pace. 
And even though that league game was a bit poor, well, I, I think their goal threat is, is massive uh, because of their nippiness. And you look at a Crow Park, there should be that bit more pace around around the pitch, a more space and pace for those nippy type players. But both teams coming in, I think, with uh, massive confidence. I mean, we've seen Mon in the first half, Armagh were, were, were unreal. Um, you always expect a comeback uh, from Armagh. And the fact that Monaghan, like, I know Armagh probably give it away a bit, but they did steady the ship. They showed a lot of maturity to, to go on and win that match. And I think we can't make too much into throwing Donegal with, as you said, the heat you were saying earlier was, was massive. And obviously the spare man as well. But yeah. certainly both teams are coming into this, I think, in their own ways, very confident in terms of not only their, their 15, but the squad that they have. So it is, it is set up for a cracker. It is. Like, I mean, I'm thinking how Tyrone approached this one. Like, do they look at Monaghan and say, look what Armad did to them with a long kick pass? They scored 14 points and a half against them or did they look at the defence and go holy shit look what Monaghan can do Tyrone being a traditionally kind of defence minded county maybe we're thinking of Mickey Hart and not Fergal Logan you know like I mean how are they going to approach this can we see a situation where Maddie Donnelly McCurry are left inside I would put Conor McKenna out at the top of the D in front of them and leave my other three forwards you know working back and helping but Conor McKenna is that out ball that ball, that ball that can come out to the 45 and like we saw with Kerry last week with a quick kick pass down to Sean O'Shea, like we saw for the Cork goal, turnover, two kick passes, Brian Hurley goal. Tyrone need to have that in their weapon. They won't have it if they don't leave someone on the 45 and who better than Conor McKenna who's so fast that, you know, you're not going to be able to catch him either side. Well, uh, I think McKenna came in, Tyrone McCann came in and Cot McShane all came in off the bench and just reading up on it, I think they scored five points between them. That's something you have to um, be wary of as a manager, that to finish with your strongest team, that we bring these guys, we hold them back and bring them in for 25, 30 minutes and see what they can do. When yeah. I don't think McShane is ready. Um, McKenna so, and McK- for, for me, McKenna and McCann start. The, the, yeah, no, is he good enough to start? Of course he is, but just based on what worked well, that uh, the semi-final is something that they do and they hold back. I think and he then, had a niggly injury. I don't McKenna anyways. Going into it, okay, yeah. very good. Yeah, so I don't but, know if but, he was... But um, Tyrone's full-back line, um, I, I actually think that they've they've two, three decent uh, man markers um, in, 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 in Hamsey McKiernan. Uh Hamsey the, and McNamee will pick um, up McCarran and McManus. And, and McManus, and, and, and they'll probably follow them pretty much everywhere. Um, the, one of the big factors for me will actually be uh, David Goff is refing. Uh, I know David, um, I've seen him uh, do an awful lot of games. He, he, he's, he's very good. He's very quick to, 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 to call the pulling and the dragging inside, which might leave the throwing players uh, under pressure. Uh, the two black cards against Donegal as well, and that's something that they'll have to uh, improve upon. But um, you know, the, there's so many things here to talk about. I think if you step back from the even some of the matchups in the game itself, if you look at what Monaghan have done uh, as as a county, they're they're not a massive county. They've one of the smallest populations. So just looking up on the, the populations coming in. Throwing have, have have over three times the population, right? So for Monaghan to to be continuous continually to, to, to reinvent themselves and bring in new players like Brendan has mentioned I think says an awful lot about them and their love of football I think rightly or wrongly um, Banty will draw upon uh, the, 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 the tragic uh, uh, crash and death of, of the under 20 man, uh, um, captain Brendan Noah Duffig and somewhere in his pre-match chat 
he'll he'll have to say to the lads how grateful we are to be in this position yeah. to be going out into the field here. But that's all he'll say. Right. He won't try to. No, make too he's not going. He's not going to use it as as this is we're playing for him. But he he will use it to say count yourselves lucky. So if you're feeling the heat out here, count yourselves lucky that you're in a position. You know uh, to be actually on the field, given your all, and and that might draw a couple of extra percentages for the Monaghan players uh, as the game comes into the latter stages. Yeah. But for me, Tyrone probably have too much quality. You you, you talk about um, uh, uh, oh, Mickey Hart and, and 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 how he set up. I think I think Dewar and 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 Ogan have since the Kerry game acknowledged that. Okay, we are trying to play more attacking, kicking football, but you know it doesn't happen overnight, and you can't throw the baby out with the bathwater. And we do have to look at what got this thrown team to winning three All Irelands, albeit uh, back in the noughties, but um, hadn't competing most years uh, more often than not. So again, finding that balance between that is something that they will have to look at. Yeah, um, Monaghan have so much attacking options. I think they mixed up really well. Um, I don't think Banty will will, will go away from uh, their versatility in their attack. Like again, the four goals, two of them are kicked in, one mistake from the keeper, and the other one is ran through the hand. That four goal by Darren Hughes. Um, but at the same time, you you you, I think Monaghan's pace, and again we, we we've talked about it as well the pace and the quality. Uh, if 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 if, if McKiernan and Hamsey can can not McKiernan uh, McNamee and Hamsey can do a good job on on McCarran and and uh, Conor McManus inside, um, that does take away a lot of uh, what's good about Monaghan. But at the same time, the way Monaghan are running through attacking the numbers, it's it's it, it's it's going to be yeah. a huge challenge. I I I think Tyrone will just pip it. I just think they have too much. Certainly, with their bench coming in, a lot of the guys that are you're, ra- you're rambling now. You're I don't know when you're going to stop this answer. I know, I, I, the, but there's so there's, there's so much in. There's I, a lot. I well, that's okay. I, know, I'll I lead you. Yeah, I lead you. Yeah, you don't you don't have yeah. to answer everything in the first yeah, yeah, question. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> to, to pick up to pick up on that, Brad. I don't know which point to pick up on yeah, because he yeah. was going for one. But like, I mean, I do accept that kick pass is on inside and you know Jared, Darren Hughes different lads looking for the two boys inside like I mean but at the end of the day Brendan a kick pass is a lot more risky than a hand pass so that's why a lot of teams don't want to do it so would they not just let them kick it in it might go astray they'll just make sure they're not as naive as Armagh and you know have it completely one on one they'll leave somebody maybe in around that D area that if McCarran or McManus can slip past at least there's not a goal on yeah, yeah. Listen, I agree, surely. Well, th- thanks for leading us. Keep us right on the rambling there. There's always a bit of rambling. Goes on. <laughs> but, well, well, do you know what? See, see, tactically, you know, I think if we look at previous games, how they, they evolve and change depending on who's playing and, and what's happening, you know, I think anything we see before that obviously Monin are trying to put right to Rowan or trying to put right in their own side, I think... As you said, the, this game is spicy, which we uh, expect it to be. A lot of cooking down the game management around, you know, black cards, sending off. You know, you've seen the brilliance of Began coming out, you know, and, and, and Mad Morgan at times there coming up the pitch as well. And you're thinking, what's happening next, you know, with these guys? So I think how, how players cope with uh, with what's going to happen, because there's no doubt well, this is going down the wire, because quite simply is any of these teams that get in the elite is automatically going to sit on it and invite the other team on. So it just means that a bit like the four the four games, even though Donegal were a man down, they were always going to hang in there some somewhat. So I think these two teams, there's very little between them. I do would say be Jair, obviously Thrones, 
small bit of a bench. I think scoring power from the bench, you would think give them give them a bit of an exam, a, a bit of an excellent plus that players who just weren't playing well for years here. You know, you think of Matty Donnelly. He's poor in the first half against Donegal. He caught fire. That's the real Matty Donnelly in the second half. You know, I, I don't know what was wrong with him this last number of years. Peter Hart seemed to have found a bit of form again. McGeary as well. And, and Sludden, Sludden didn't start in any of the league games at all. They bring him in for the championship. He looks rejuvenated. So, you know, Jeremy McGann, you mentioned coming in there. Like, those are the guys that were the mainstays for Toronto that just weren't doing it. They weren't playing well. And, and that's why Donegal had that bit of a, a, an Indian sign over him because those kind of main go-to players weren't, weren't doing it. So now those guys are on their game. And then this influx of players you're on a bit, the Derek Canavan's back in the mix as well. But just the guy you mentioned there, McKenna, I have, I've rarely seen somebody with physical ability. You know, you go back to Clifford and sometimes that physical side that he has, he can pluck a ball out of the air above a cornerback's head and just push him off and kick the ball with the bar. It, it looks like he's in a bit of a physical different zone. And McKenna's like that. The wide open space is a cool part. If he gets uh, on his move, no one can stop him. I mean, he's got this ability, just to, uh, athletic ability that I've rarely seen in, in a footballer. Yeah. I think if he catches fire, because he can be a bit funny, like I've seen him mix the, the good with the bad, but uh, if he's on his game, and uh, definitely, and I agree with you, Willie, about McShane, listen, I don't think he's he, he's on it yet, but but a great guy to come in, and every time he's come in, now he's kicked a few scores, he's cool, he, he's a ball winner, but he's certainly not anywhere near the Cal McShane that, that, that got his all-star a couple of years ago. No, no, I don't think he is. One thing Tyrone have, Jer. Uh, and and that's obviously from playing Donegal, is that they'll play Michael O'Neill and Conor Myler as the two wing forwards to Mark McInespy and to Mark Carl O'Connell. They're a huge part of Monaghan's attacking game plan, you know, coming in onto the play and catching up. You know, the, the first Monaghan goal was McInespy and I think it was uh, Charles Oak Burns had switched off and he was gone. Myler and Michael O'Neill won't be switching off. No, and they're, they're two super players again. I know Conor Well, he was with his new CD for a time he did a great job on Ryan McHugh yeah. uh, Donegal the last day uh, he'd probably go over to McCarran uh, sorry not McCarran um, Carl Connell Carl Connell yeah so he, he's um, Donegal's wing forwards uh, sorry Tyrone's wing forwards their job is quite defensively minded they do link up the playbook as well there are options um, in the slower build up the slower attack but but it will take an awful lot of watching to to, to keep an eye on uh, Monaghan's um, uh, two wing backs. But something Monaghan do as well, Darren Hughes seems to drop back quite a bit to, to give them some sort of cover. But yeah. then he's very comfortable uh, driving on as well. And someone needs to the, pick him up too. You know, here's, here's the thing: when he drops back, so he can test ball in midfield. I talked yeah. to Colin Cavan about this. So this is how uh, Armagh got so much joy with the kick pass. Yeah. Because he can't get back there that fast. Yeah. Like he's a big fella. He's to contest the kick out. They lose it. Now he's the head on back. Now yeah. I think it's a stupid copycat tactic of Tyrone with Colm Kavanagh. Why can't the centre back do it? Yeah. But it just goes to show that if Tyrone are prepared to go back to the more kicking game that they did potentially against Cavan, uh, more so than Donegal, they can get joy there. But will they go for that? Well, I think the real option would be on on, on the kick out. So if you look at uh, now Morgan, his his accuracy, and, and that's something else. If Got to mention on, meander- on my meandering that uh, <laughs> Brendan talked about. You have two super keepers there playing as well of similar quality and fairness. See, I know you. I can say these things to you. You're I not shrinking violet. No, I don't mind. <laughs> but no, I was. I was, I was uh, rambling off. But 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 there's so many different facets to this game. But if you if you on this particular one with the keepers, if if anything, 
if 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 uh, Monaghan have gotten the goal or they're getting a bit of a run, maybe Tyrone slow it down. They let their players get back up the field. Can Crow Park is a huge pitch. The weather's supposed to be good on Sunday, and Morgan targets uh, a longer kick out that, that 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 cuts out. You know, maybe twelve players if, if Monaghan play the high press. And if you get a flick on, flick the ball over the hedge, um, you're exposing the the, the Monaghan defence uh, straight away. And that's something I think we probably will see the weekend because he's well able to drill the ball 50, 60 yards, uh, no more than begging as well. So so that's another tactic that they could use. Yeah. But ideally, the Darren Hughes situation, he should be getting back to six and then your six gets back to cover the full back. That's not what happens though, which is no. a strange one. You'd imagine um, Tyrone will have planned for that, Brendan, or do you see this... McKenna's back. I think McKenna has to start. He didn't start the last day, I think, because he wasn't fully right. Maddie Donnelly playing now that he's copped on and said, let's go at a lad and not be afraid instead of standing on the outside and fecking, you know, not engaging. He's a bull. He'll take two with him. I can see. Can you see that being the front three? Can you see Tyrone having a game plan to get it in? Or can you see Tyrone just sticking with the, the running game. And I'm not criticising for the running game because the running game usually beats Mona. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm sure they'll be talking about a lot of this in their in their team meetings and, you know, out in the field. Mm. Well, and, and, you know, obviously McCurry's like playing the form of his life as well. You know, that's another player, I suppose. Not that he's been in and out of the throne squad. He's walked away a few times and we've seen the absolute brilliance from him. In many ways, a bit like Jack McCarran on the other side, you know, it's never maybe just happening championship and both players are, are flying this year, particularly McCurry. I mean, he's he's just lethal and he's in the kind of form there that well, you just look at somebody and they just want it. They're going to shoot. They're, they're the confidence, you can just see it. And he is that type of wee player. He's got that wee, you know, walk and that wee kind of cocky style with him, but he's absolutely on top of his game. But, but, but can, Listen, you, can you if see... He's, if he's isolated one-on-one, Molly, what, what Tarome were doing for me, not so much that they were getting the ball inside, uh, direct, but they were getting the kick pass up the wings, and and they did it to Donegal quite a few times. They sent long balls in that was engaging the full forward line, but maybe as they were coming out to win it, not necessarily when the full forward line were right inside. Donegal probably at that point had players back, but they were looking to kick the ball up the wings, and physically, um, there's a serious bit of pace in their side as well. But listen, Manning can match that. I just think physical power, uh, Tyrone probably have that, bit, have that bit extra, but as we keep saying back, the game changes from, from previous we've seen. Plus, it's Crow Park. So this is the thing. The, the, the ability to move the ball in Crow Park is at such a higher level. That's why both defences well, are going to come under some serious pressure. And, and who, who's got the better rear guard? For me, again, it's it's slightly in the throne side. Yeah. And, and in your question to Brendan, when you said that throne are good at the underrunning game and the running game works against Monaghan, that's a question that probably Dewar and Ogan may need to ask themselves that, right, if we're just horses for courses, we, 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 we go with this game. We know it's, it's worked against Monaghan in the past. Um, we stick to it and we adapt. And again, we talk about this ability to adapt and evolve. within a match, if the kick passes on, you give it. If it's not, you run it through the hands. But running through the hands is a safer option and is something that does work. But Yeah, and it worked against Donegal. Yeah, um, but um, I think... Um, Throne, sorry, uh, Monin's defence for me isn't wouldn't be as good as the Donegal defence. Albeit Donegal didn't play particularly well, and I know they were down to down fourteen. To but then the, uh, actually, if you think of that, uh, Throne had two black cards, so they were they were actually even Stevens for probably 
large parts of it. Yeah, no, they yeah, well, they were late. I think the game was over enough when they got the when they got the black card. It's interesting. I think Monaghan are more comfortable in their own skin as a team than than Tyrone. I think Tyrone. Um, I think Monaghan against Armagh had a good kicking game. They have an excellent. You've got 12, 13 behind the ball. Let's be patient. Move it around. O'Hanlon, I think he'll start. He'll inject a bit of pace. You know, Carlo Connell might come late. McInesby, I think they're very comfortable in that. I was impressed with their kicking game into the two boys inside. I don't, I don't know. I think they're lively. I think the Monaghan are coming in a little bit under the radar. I think Tyrone are good at one game plan and not so good at the other, uh, Brendan. I don't I, I can see the two of you leaning uh, towards Tyrone. I'm slightly leaning the other way. You were always the rebel, boy. <laughs> but listen, and I agree with you, boy. I think both are coming in with their own style and they're very happy with it. I think both are, both camps are training this week will be thinking we're going to win this match. There's no doubt in it. I just think what we're looking at there is just that small bit of extra depth that seems to be in the throne squad in terms of that bit of flair. Uh, you know, you, know, you look at players, Willie, really there, like, you know, likes of Paul Donahue, not even getting a run. I mean, he had 10 points against Donahue. Ah, uh, he's, he he's played shite since then, though, Brendan. Yeah, but I'm just I'm just saying, Willie, well, guys, he had, if he was in Donegal, he, he's playing in some part of the match. I'm just saying, there's not there's not much uh, in, in throne in terms of the, the, the depth that they have. Now, because of those players I mentioned previously, without those playing well, those other guys that are on the bench would have to be playing. I mean, Mark Bradley's another one. Like, Mark Bradley is... is, is I've seen him times he's been almost unmarkable. He's not getting a run other. You're just not seeing that in other counties. And I think with those players stepping up now, it's the freedom again. It's it's a, it's after the heart there. You see that with loads of teams getting a bounce with a new manager. But not only that, as Hart's voice grew, you know, there's no doubt that he would have been the man. And maybe a lot of other players weren't stepping up. It was his, you know, and, and of course he had, he had won everything. He, had, he was the, the father of football there. So I think now you think players are, are I would say with, with Logan and Dewar, they're probably putting a bit more ownership back on the team. Listen, this is your team. You know, if you're having a huddle, a training, you have to kind of raise this. You're calling it. What way are we playing these tactics? You know, I would say they've opened all this up to the team, giving them a bit more responsibility. So both teams are coming in with, I think, that wee bit of flair and excitement. You know, and for Mullen, as I say, well, they've been a disaster in, in Ulster since, since 2015. So this is a massive buzz, a massive left team. And of course, the sadness that's going on there as well. So there's, there's so much backstories in this. I certainly think it is the most fascinating pairing we could have had in, in Ulster. Uh, uh, but well, I still think it's going to come down to some, you know, your own referee in there, Jared, was mentioning that the pressure that's coming on the ref. You know, the likes of you missing eight players or eight officials watching all that's going on, they're going to need that and more because this there's going to be a lot happening here. And how the players deal with uh, decisions for and against. Again, Long-range kicking is a thing. If this comes down to a one-point game here and there, you looked at the absolute coolness of McManus. I mean, how many players would have thrown mm. that ball back to Began in terms of, right, you know, this this is your thing. I've seen McManus do this quite a few times. I mean, most forwards in the wood, it just says, I'll leave that to him, the pressure, and this is your kick. He says, no, he steps up and takes it. So I think those are the positives going into them. I think Began... If he lands a few of those monster kicks, you know, we've seen them happen from 55 and 60, that could have a town party playing it also. Yeah, no, definitely. Well, I don't see too much uh, advantage or disadvantage in midfield. You can see midfield breaking breaking even, uh, Ger. Like, I mean, I, I, dis- I disagree with you that Tyrone have a big 
advantage on the bench because I think Tieran McCann and Conor McCann are going to start. So you're looking, obviously looking at Cottle McShane, who's not 100% right. He only got 10 minutes in the game they had won. Mm. You'd imagine if he was right, he'd be getting a little bit more than that. Like you look at uh, Monaghan, like, I mean, O'Hanlon came on the last day, he say he'll start. Conor McCarthy will probably uh, come off the bench. He might get dropped. Then you have Shane Carey, who's a solid player. You have Colin Walsh, who's an excellent defender. Kieran Hughes, who's, who's outstanding. And Fintan Kelly, who's an all-star nominee. I, like, I see that as Honestly. being... Definitely balancing anything yeah. to Rome because I do think Tierney McCann and and Conor McKenna will start, you know, which takes away two of those kind of names. Yeah, it, it is. It's fascinating. It's definitely hard to call. Um, I, I as I'm as I'm listening to you, Woolly talk. You're probably I'm good at making me. a case yeah, for someone. Yeah, you yeah. probably bring me, bring me bring me over the other side. Um, it, it, it's but I'm often wrong. I'm nearly ah, always yeah. wrong with my prediction. I got both semi-finals wrong. Yeah, yeah. No, that's allowed. Um, it's no look. It, it is a fascinating game. I think it's something that everyone is, is, is looking forward to seeing. Um, I think the only place that midfield probably matters for me is probably on the kickouts. That again, both keepers have similar qualities. Um, and, yeah, they and, break and, even uh, too, and really, and they and they break even. So, so if if, if teams are playing a high press, uh, on opposition kickouts, and the ball is being kicked long, then your midfield comes into more play. But in general play, um, the way that both teams ebb and flow, uh, attack and defending in in numbers, that middle part of the field maybe isn't isn't as important other than in the loose, you know. Yeah. But, um, so okay. We'll we'll go with predictions. So, Brendan, who are you going for quickly? You've convinced me, actually, Willie. I'm going to go with Ryan. <laughs> Three Manahans. <laughs> I well, go to Ryan. Well, I tell you, I'm going to go with a draw. I'm going to go with a draw in in, in normal time with uh, uh, Connor McManus getting getting an outrageous score to level it off, and Tyrone pulling through an extra time. Uh, Brendan, what are you, are you going for, Manahan? <laughs> yeah, listen, I agree with you. That the extra time is, is could be on the cards, all right? Yeah, I, just goals of. If Monaghan get the goal machine going, I just think the nippiness they have inside, they've been scoring a lot of goals. But I just go back to that league game. Uh, well, he 14 each and it was very cagey. So I'm just hoping tactics don't kind of kill the game. We might need a couple of cards to get the spice going and then who, who gives that uh, better. But yeah, listen, I agree with your point. Those players will start, which obviously weakens the bench. But then again, the guys that they're coming in for, obviously they'll have a part to play then also. So... Listen, yeah, I agree with Jared. Could could come right down to that draw and um, listen again. Maybe penalties. What do you think? Could be. It could be a draw. Could be a draw. I'm I'm, I'm shading towards Monaghan lads. I think that they play a better kicking game. They play a better. Uh, they can get through a 12, 13 man defence better. I think Tyrone are not great at that. Um, I think Tyrone obviously have a better running game but Monaghan's running game ain't, ain't too bloody bad either. like exactly. I mean they're at that running game a long time too I think Monaghan have more strings to their bow they're more comfortable in their own skin and I think in an Ulster final when the pressure comes on and they have you know a little bit of emotion like you said Jared, to, to draw on mm. you know when you don't want to make that last run you, you might make it so yeah I'm shading it towards what about the bad record though Willie versus Tyrone as my father always says they have to end sometime Brendan <laughs> there's your analysis <laughs> right we'll come back and talk about the big one the Leinster final All right, so the other provincial final is Dublin and Kildare in Croke Park at four o'clock on, on Sunday. Amazingly, Dublin are favourites for the All-Ireland, uh, Ger. Like, I mean, is there, any, is there anything about this? Kerry obviously hammered Cork, but if Dublin hammer Kildare, they're back favourites for the All-Ireland. Like, K- Kerry are now favourites. First time they've had to deal with this, like, since 2000, start of 2015 championship. 
Well, even <sighs> start of 2014, they were favourites for all those games. Yeah, it, like uh, Dublin, obviously, they're they're not firing on all cylinders. They're 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 not as cohesive, I suppose, as uh, we have come to know them. There's a lot of guys have gone. Um, question marks over one or two others, and a lot of the new fellas coming in, trying to integrate with the um, the rear guard that's there. The the, the the spine of the team is obviously still quite uh, strong, and, and trying to integrate them, and, and the, again the couple of nuances that uh, develop and uh, and evolve and get used to playing with someone. Um, hard to uh, uh, describe them analytically, but an understanding that happens with players. So yeah. with all those changes. Um, in the panel of 30, 35 players and then with a couple of changes on the field that takes a bit of time uh, for, 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 for for Dublin to click I guess but yeah. they, cl- they kind of clicked against Mead in the first half it's just yeah. we don't expect Dublin to throw it to look vulnerable at all in, especially in Leinster No and, 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 and look at what what, what what Mead did the second half again I wasn't surprised to see that because Mead they always have great heart uh, in fairness uh, to them but but the way they actually some of their players ran uh, at Dublin and took them on and created goal opportunities is it um, what's the match was a match Costa got the goal yeah for me you know that's something which again we've seen at Kerry and we've seen a Mayo do but we haven't seen none of the teams in Leinster doing it and for me probably Daniel Flynn is 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 the only one and and uh, but on on that like I mean is the it's it's the analysis of that Dublin Mead game that Mead in the second half, threw off the shackles and just went after went after Dublin. Like, yeah, or is that, or did it follow a similar pattern? Only Dublin switched off. Like, like, is the is the message to Kildare go at them? I think more is more got to do with the latter that Dublin switched off. Right. And um, whereas before Dublin just didn't switch off; they just played the percentage just the whole time. Uh, each play was what was uh, what they focused on. Whereas, as can happen within games, and obviously half time can happen uh, quite often the team that's dominant uh, for psychological human reasons they they come out the second half thinking that oh, we should be alright here yeah. opposition says right well reflect uh, if we don't you know step up and give this a good go and then the pressure's off the opposition or the team that's that's that, that's slightly behind but but there will be question marks over Dublin still are we going to be any the wiser after the weekend even if they win by 22 points Probably not. I don't think we we will be the wiser until they face up against Mayo. Yeah. The is there word on Merchant and McDade and these lads? I haven't heard anything. They're, there's ne- they don't let anything out, but they need those back. The lads are keeping it quiet. In fairness, so I I, I don't know is the answer. And even again, I said it before. I'd never uh, asked those guys directly. But when you're talking to a few other, other fellas who uh, are are now out of the loop, they haven't heard anything either. So so they are keeping things tight lipped. I I think Merchant is a huge player to come back in I think Robbie McDade with his experience of playing last year is a, is a, a huge player to come back in then as well um, but is it the same quality that was there when you compare the likes of Jack McCaffrey or uh, even Kev McMenamin was obviously away with the Irish team uh, Paul Mannion the quality of those guys stepping away from the panel um, you know the, the fellas coming in are usually committed already at the same level look at I mean the news this week Brendan is is that Kevin Feely's out and Owen Doyle is out so as far as I'm concerned we can rip up any chance that Kildare have without you know their 
probably their best defender and the, the only midfielder that they have that can, you know, put it up to Brian Fenton and he's put, showed it before that he can. Like, I mean, it's just, and Paul Cribben's on a long-term injury, so he was gone as well. And like, I mean, he just, Kildare, I don't know, Kildare still have forwards that can hurt Dublin. There's no doubt about that. I would just love to see Kildare asking questions of the Dublin defence. They have, they have the forwards to do it. Yes, they're going to lose this final, but what way do you want to lose it? I suppose that's the question I would I would be posing. Well, you wouldn't be saying that to the panel, but like I mean, that's what the Kildare players need to be saying to each other. That's what's the point? Because when we drop mm. our twelve behind the ball, Dublin are going to get through that, and we won't be able to get the ball to Daniel Flynn, and we won't get him his one on ones. Why not just get that balance a little bit better, and let's try and hurt these lads. Yeah, well, there's ever a time now, Willie, and you're right. I don't know if Doyle is just 100% out yet. Uh, Feely definitely isn't. You're saying Cribben got injured against me there. Put them three players in, Willie. It's just such a pity, you know. It just might have created that spectacle. It's a wee bit like, like what would have been the classic if, if, if Murphy hadn't been sent off against Tyrone. You know, what would have happened in that game? Yeah. I just think putting them three players into that there just gives you that wee glimmer of hope. And listen, it's all about Dublin here. Well, I don't know how much better Kildare have got, you know, in, in terms of catching up to Dublin. It's Dublin that are that are dropping. I know the last day, the those lads came in, they kind of give it a wee bit of boost from 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 Wexford. It was Desi kind of saying here, we're a bit flat. They're flat again. I'm just wondering about the fatigue of, of Dublin and the systems. I mean, you spoke about this really way back. I'm going to go back into that league semi-final we, we argued about for, for ages in terms of how Dublin play. But if the, if the way you're playing is very systematic, Willie, and that's what I was kind of getting at too in terms of the joy of playing football. And when you're the top team, you've got to open up and just bury everybody. What I see with Dublin is that the, the way they're in that tactical kind of uh, cover all the time, I think stops maybe the enjoyment of it. Now, you can't say, right, all Ireland's, all Ireland's. Sounds mad, Willie, but having won so many now, where is the love for Dublin? Surely it has to be in the playing not necessarily the winning, because the winning's all been done inside out. It's crazy what they've won now. So it has to be the joy of playing football. Now, if you're playing in a system that is everything in terms of what you're doing, that individuality and that, that brilliance, I think now could be drawn, Dublin down. Maybe it's just become too much like, like work. And that's when you're missing the spark. And that's where sport is different. But I think you're I think you're overdoing that on Dublin. I think you're over you're yeah. over you're overblowing that kind of side. For example, against Kildare, you'll see a much more traditional game. Kildare don't have a huge defensive system. Their their defenders don't attack from everywhere. So the Dublin defenders won't be dropping back ahead of the ball because they're trying to watch these lads. I think we'll see Khan and Kieran Kilkenny and Costello stand beside their man because they know they'll have their work done on them. Their management team will say He's not a risk to go, he's not a risk to go. I don't want to see you coming back here. Like that's my reading of it. I I think I, to a point I agree with your analysis when they play a Donegal or a Tyrone or a Monaghan where these lads are just go attacking from all, all areas of the field Yeah I, I, well, it's not that the, the, the tactics is the be all and end all I'm just looking at reasons why like we've all been a bit fatigued by Dublin let's be honest about it sorry Chair oh, and it's not their fault they've got so good but the domination of the, of the competition now has left things obviously a bit steel and we keep looking for somebody to put it up them and we're grasping at straws why Kildare can do it. But the reason we're doing that is because Dublin themselves has dropped. I'm just looking at the Dublin team and the squad 
how do you still get that championship bulge from them when they just keep winning and winning and winning? I mean, how do you keep that dressing room up there? The players, you're looking at players that's gone away, so surely the, the players then, the newer players that's coming in, they must still have a certain amount of hunger. But then what I'm going back to, Willie, is if you play in such a tactical situation, then everybody's just doing the job, doing the job. And at some stage, that's going to pull down the buzz of what's in that dressing room. And so, I think that's a wee bit what you're seeing. Maybe, I don't know what Jerry thinks of yeah, I, I, I think what you're saying Maybe is... Maybe I'm rambling. The dubs no. are getting bo- Brennan's saying the dubs are getting bored winning All-Ireland. The, 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 um, well, well, yeah, let's forget it. I see exactly where you're coming from. It's like, you know, if you're in maybe the one job for years and years and years you know you get a bit bored yeah, yeah, yeah. so if the guys who I think this is what you're saying Brendan that for the more established guys who've been there it's just become a bit bored boring because they're still doing the same thing and in order to freshen stuff up maybe you play a guy in a different position and takes on a different role within the system or and, and you mix up the system and, 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 and that actually engages the guy mentally. Um, uh, but just on that, else, just, yeah. and you continue on, Desi didn't really change the system much. It's almost a carbon copy, right? Yeah, I'd agree with you there. It's a carbon copy. Um, he, he, he has tried to freshen things up by bringing in new players. And some of those introductions have have uh, been forced upon him, I suppose, with, 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 with guys stepping away. But again... If you look at the example of Paul Mannion and the example of uh, Jack McCaffrey, they stepped away. Uh, I'm sure they could have managed it if they wanted it, but the bit of fun and the crack was gone out of it. And, and ultimately, that's what brings us to the game. When you get to the elite level, you obviously want to win and win at all costs. And the crack and the enjoyment that comes from that. But when you're probably so used to playing a particular way, it can become quite boring. And that's something I definitely would have experienced as a player. It's something I would have learned from certainly Mick Whelan uh, with St Vincent's in Dublin and, and even Pat Gilroy that you need to add something different. Yeah. Now it takes you a couple of seasons to get used to playing a particular way underneath a new manager and then maybe a season to maybe perfect it or get close to perfection but after but it, a while it gets boring. And I agree with that yeah. and there's an excitement about a new manager coming in we might yeah. do something different but in Desi's defence if he did something different and it didn't win our like Desi um, that's not a yeah. criticism no, of Desi and, right? And, 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 and I said that publicly last He'd year. He'd have been absolutely Desi's, hung. He, he was damned if he did or damned if he didn't like you know like like he, 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 he he's not stupid enough to, to, to rip up the scripts um, and probably in the same way that we're seeing Dewar and, and, and Fergal Hogan you know realising that Revert now as well, bit, yeah. that you can't just rip up the script of something that has worked so uh, it's, it, it's a balance between what would you call it not that you're there to entertain the players too but but they are amateur players playing at an elite level so the huge commitment that comes with it on and off the field but how do you make training exciting um, how do you make the game exciting and playing different game plans is something that you could do but there's a risk that comes with it because you're taking over a manager who's won six All-Irelands in seven years so, like, and, and for me, that again, I said this last year as well. It says a lot about the quality uh, of character of, of of Desi Farrell, not to be brown nosed and Desi, but for him to take on this somewhat poison chalice. Although he's won one now, so that that's the pressure off. Him. Yeah. But trying to do it again this year, playing the same way, I think players are a bit fatigued with it, right? And they are a bit bored with it, just from the outside looking in. Yeah. And the new fellas coming in are trying their best, and they're getting better, but they're better in comparison to what has gone before is, is yeah so it's a combination of other things so you're onto something there Brendan maybe yeah. there is just a little bit of bored a little bit of fatigue in the same thing 
It's winning all Ireland. Think, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I know. I know, Willie. It sounds so crazy. But, yeah. Uh, you know, it's a bit like it's a bit like anything. Yeah. Uh, you know, you look at you look at the dream lifestyle, and if if you had it for a while, do you get bored of it? Yeah. I, you know, it's. it's Are we talking about women here as well, <laughs> Brendan? We're, we're not talking about the wives. We're not talking about the wives. Right? <laughs> They're great. That's <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it doesn't I apply to women. Wife. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know, I just think it's a human, a human thing, and that's what I'm saying. Willie, about going back to the tactics and, and how they play. If Dublin were playing like the team that obviously uh, uh, pre the 2014 game, I don't think necessarily that as much fatigue would set in because they were just firing off all cylinders. And everybody was playing this mad brand of football, and yeah, I know that had to change. But I just think now he's too too entrenched. And you're right, the the the, the younger players coming in, yeah, the new players. They're just following, following in their system now, and it's still very job, job, and like everybody does their jobs. It's championship. You want to win the championship, but I just think that what you're saying, trying players in different positions or trying different tactics or letting players uh, go out and play. And I think the fact that Desi did win that first title, I think he's probably feeling this year something has to change. I mean, it might be a defeat uh, that that's somewhat of a clear out and like a, like a new Dublin team with a new style or something. But I just think all those household names that are there. Particularly the lads have been there like through through all the All Irelands and, and particularly the last uh, three, four, five, six, whatever. Like there has to be some level of this is just you know, you go to Crow Park for Ireland finally, I would say they sleep well at night. Do you know what I mean, Willie? Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you were in All Ireland finally for like like these guys, that's what I'm saying. It's just human nature that at some point there has to be a drop off in terms of that type of buzz for a championship, and that's given everybody else a wee bit of chance. Yeah, maybe maybe it is. It's it's definitely an inter- an interesting point, and maybe it does go somewhere to explaining it quickly. On how do you see Dublin matching off? Because like we said, Kildare's biggest quality is their attack. Daniel mm-hmm. Flynn, Davy Davy Burns, the fastest on the Dublin panel. Is that is that right? Did I hear that right? Is that over? It could even, be twenty meters. Yeah, uh, maybe it depends on the distance. It depends on the distance. Right. Um, but look, sure, it depends. If he doesn't look the fastest player in the Dublin panel. Someone, um, he'll, mar- he'll mark. Uh, he'll mark. Daniel Flynn, Fitzsimons, Ben McCormack, Johnny Cooper, Jimmy Highland, and that's probably going to be your. They, they need a. They need someone to mark Neil Flynn. That's why I was asking about Merchant. Yeah. He's playing very well wing forward. Yeah. Um. You know, like I mean, it depends who's going to to be there. I suppose. Yeah. Neil. Neil Flynn. Like he. He. He's done particularly well. In fairness. Um. Uh. And obviously Daniel Flynn too. But um. Look at. I can even see Michael Fitzsimons potentially going on Daniel Flynn too. Um. He'd be well able to do that as well, but it, it it's I don't know it's 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 hard to generate much content uh, for the matchups in the game itself because there's only going to be one winner to be honest, fully. Yeah. Um, Jack Can you o- see? Yeah, but okay, we'll we'll all we'll yeah. agree on that. Can you see Kildare doing a mead on it and staying with with within eight points? I I I think now I I said this before the league semi final, or uh, or was it a promotion game that I fancied mead? I, I felt mead had a bit more in the belly. But I got it wrong. Kildare, Kildare was oh, yeah. that one. So you base, said Kildare like to lick themselves after a win. Exactly. Yeah, which I thought it was a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so, 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 obviously, Dave Jack O'Connor is is doing something uh, um, differently there. Jack O'Connor is only going to play a kicking style of football, which again we we, we associate with Kildare anyway, yeah. and, and 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 obviously Kerry, but. But uh, I think I think fitness wise and from an athletic point of view, I think the Kildare guys I've, I've seen them up close as well. Just with a, a challenge game at Carlo earlier on the season, and and uh, I think they're in super shape. The whole lot of them. So I think in terms of the the the, the fitness and staying with them for the seventy minutes, they should be well able to uh, uh, stay with them. But it's just 
the the mental fitness when you're conceding a couple of scores and you go behind, how strong are you that way? And yeah. and that's and that's and that's something that probably Jack O'Connor would be looking to get a bounce from the guys for. And again, it's a pity I've said it before, there's no back door because the likes of Kildare, I think they deserve a back door to get into a provincial final, you know. So did they stay within eight? Uh, just about I say. Okay. Yeah. Just about. What do you think, Brendan? I, I don't I don't think so. I, I think we're gonna to have to see a statement from uh, uh Dublin, you know. Um how they're playing, Molly, you know, the last day like the six point one against Meath, you know, you think of if, if Mayo bring anything, Mayo of course lifted a trophy at Crow Park a couple of weeks or, or, or just last week there in terms of we bit of a I suppose that thing if it's not a final and uh if they don't play well, you know, it's set up for, for, for Mayo to, to take them this time. They can't just suddenly play well in the semi final. So this is the one, the one game. Really. If I was Desi Fire, I would do a, a high press until there. Mm. As you said, there, there's there's no chance really of, of them losing the game. So why not go actually after them and look to post a high score and look to get that bit of buzz going? And if they get that bit of buzz back in the team, really, it can't just happen uh, now in, in a semi final, and it would be set up for a defeat. So I think it's a huge how you, how you Dublin approach this game and their attitude towards it is massive because they've got to pull themselves out of just that that turnover football that they're playing at the minute, which could be a bit of a worry worry for Kildare, but we certainly hope that Kildare give it a last. And as you said, we we, we flat inside, there's always an opportunity for a couple of goals and that they're going to need them uh, all the way. So maybe a bit of a bit of a shootout, but I think Dublin's attitude has to be has to have a bit of spark. Without that there I don't think they're going to retain their title this year. Yeah, yeah. And maybe go more heavy metal like Mayo or the, 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 the one difference of Jim Gavin era and Desi Farrell's is the aggressive press is gone. Yeah, yeah. That's a for me. That's a big difference because Jesus under Jim Gavin, we analyze it on the show here, Jer. You go, where does a goalie put this? Yeah, they have they have Howard. McCarthy, Fenton mm-hmm. and Macaulay posted right across the middle. Yeah. They're zonal up everywhere else. Whereas yeah. if you, even if you get the short... Dublin actually wanted lads to get the short one. Yeah. And they wanted and to they, come in on it. Them then, yeah. That's gone. Yeah. And that's a negative. Like that was a good... That's a positive tactic Dublin used. Yeah. And, and, and again, look, we, we, we've touched on the fatigue element of it that maybe they are trying to do it, but it's not happening. Um, I, I think what Brendan is talking about there uh, for Dublin and, and, and the attitude that they bring to this game like if they if they beakle there uh, playing uh, in the same manner that they did against Mead good half poorish half second half well then that form will carry through to the semi-final and then we're really up against it but if the guys turn up and there is that spark and cohesiveness there and they do put on a 15, 16 point uh, 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 win. They're back. But then that pot, I think they are back. But if they don't, you're still asking the same questions. You yeah. Know? I think one thing, I, do, I do, same as you, I think Kildare, Dublin are going to win this by in around eight, eight to 10 points. But one thing Kildare will do is they'll ask questions of Dublin. And if I'm a Kerry player or if I'm a Mayo player, I'll be looking at this game with interest to see mm. how getting that ball in early and getting a couple of one-on-ones and who's you know playing well in the Dublin defence and how you hurt them. For for one county is Kildare that will show the country that. You mm. know, and they've, they, they, they've usually done that. Right, boys, we're definitely going over. Um, we're definitely going over time. We're going to leave it there. We'll be back on Monday and we'll review Bank Holiday Monday. We're going to do a show. We'll be back and we will review the weekend um, at that stage. So we'll talk to you all then. Good luck. But this little dink ball, the only one in a crowded area where it's a fist pass, the weight is taken over, hits the ground and it bounces into a fella's chest. Why do you not do many interviews? Oh really? Yeah, I'm not being asked to do a whole pile. Really? Yeah. Have you ever rang me? 
and they're roaring at me. I coffee, you free state bastard. <laughs> and next thing I hear, you have no fucking jurisdiction up here. <laughs> <laughs> Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.